Hi, I'm Chuck Quinley. Welcome to Thread, episode 123. Thread, God's truth tying together all the pieces of your life. Thread is the broadcast of Dr. Chuck Quinley. Thread. Welcome back to Thread. This is the podcast for believers who want to become more influential in the lives of other people. So if you want your light to shine more brightly in the darkness of our world, Thread is for you. And what better place to learn about spiritual leadership than in God's Word? So let's continue our verse-by-verse Bible study of the book of Acts. And today we're again in chapter 20. I think you're going to enjoy today's topic. I love technology, and I get really excited, especially about the advances being made in driverless car technology. I guess you're aware of it, but Google already has cars driving hundreds of thousands of miles in the United States with no driver. And maybe this didn't matter before, but, you know, with the invasion of the cell phone and social media use, it just seems like more and more drivers are driving thousands of pounds of automobile at other people at high speed while staring down into their phone, texting, or playing games. And, you know, to be a safe pilot, you have to pay attention. Your eyes have to be on the most important thing. And everyone else out there, especially with these drivers, you know, we're all depending upon everyone to be diligent, to keep out all the distractions, and then to keep the main thing in focus. And that's what today's lesson is about. You know, Paul is, uh, we'll just jump right into it. It comes from a beautiful, emotional farewell discussion that is being had in Acts chapter 20. And we already covered in the last episode of Thread, and if you want to go back and check that one, it's episode 122. And that was the first 21 verses of Paul's talk with these with these brothers. He's had to leave the most successful ministry he ever launched, and that was Ephesus. And it is he's now about to board the ship 30 miles away from Ephesus, and he calls for the spiritual elders of all the house churches there uh, in the city and in the region to come and see him one last time. These brothers are very close. They share a deep bond that is forged, uh, has been forged by enduring many trials together. And they're also united as a group. They have a genuine love and concern for God's people. And these are true shepherds. And so um, in verse 22, Paul gets vulnerable and transparent with them. And he tells them, that he has this sense of impending danger hanging over him and that he continues to receive, and he says this in verse 23, he says, I continue to receive personal prophecies. So as he's moving from house to house to teach and to join in worship with the Christians in uh, Asia Minor or modern-day Turkey, uh, he continues to have people give him a word from the Lord, and these prophecies are the same. And they continue to reinforce a message to prepare him that he will be arrested and he's going to go through much tribulation as he leaves Ephesus. But in verse 24, Paul says he feels he cannot avoid his destiny. That the only way to, you know, he could avoid it, but only by being disobedient to God. You know, sometimes you just have to face a storm and even face persecution or face a loss for the sake of the Lord. And just go through it, especially if you're certain that you are lining up with the Scriptures. 
know, against a, an anti-God culture, sometimes we have to take a stand and suffer for it, and we won't necessarily get a pass around the suffering. And Paul is facing into it. He feels God is compelling him to go to Jerusalem, and from Jerusalem on to Rome. And in Rome, he believes, and this is how he expresses it in verse 24, that he will finish his race with joy as he gets the opportunity to preach the gospel to the people of Rome. And verse 26 is a, an important declaration. Paul declares to this group that is gathered, that's been with him for years now as he's ministered for two, three years. Paul declares to the group, he says, I am innocent of the blood of anyone in Ephesus who faces the judgment after their death. This is how he says it, quote, I testify to you this day, I am innocent of the blood of all men. I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. In other words, I have told you the truth to your face, whether it made me popular or not. I have fulfilled my duty as a man who knows the gospel. Paul feels like the, that receiving the gospel and being transformed by the work of Jesus places all of us under an obligation before God and before man to share this good news with others before their life is over and they have to stand before God unprepared. And so Paul says, I did my duty. I told everyone I could the total truth and now it's up to you to decide. But then he tells them that they will never see his face again. And I'm sure everyone begins to weep. Verse 38, actually, later on, tells us that this is an extremely emotional meeting. But then back to the way we introduced it, paying attention. Paul turns the ministry over to these men, and he gives them a list of things to pay attention to. You know, if you're going to be in charge of this movement when I leave, and if I'm leaving maybe to prison or even to death, and you never see my face again, I want you to hear me say as the last words out of my mouth, pay attention. And he tells them four things to pay attention to. First, he says, pay attention to yourself. You know, it's so crucial that a spiritual leader have the habit of taking his or her own, we'll call it blood pressure. You know, we have to be the most self-aware people in the body of Christ or we will allow all of our unresolved personal stuff to become mixed in with our ministry and pollute the purity of our service to the Lord and to His people. So Paul says the number one thing to pay attention to is your own condition before you attempt to take care of others. You know, there's always that possibility of becoming the proverbial starving baker who bakes bread for others but doesn't take time to eat any of it himself. It's also really easy in the ministry to get a Superman syndrome, you know, easy to feel that you're indispensable and the people can't do life without you, so you have to always be on call. It's easy to feel that you're somehow superior to others, that you don't need as much sleep as a normal person, that you're just naturally more spiritual, even without seasons of prayer, without a daily pattern of having time alone with God. I've seen pastors who literally carry beeper devices and rush away from their family meals every time the thing goes off as though they were firemen or paramedics. 
You know, our ministry is the care of souls. And that ministry requires that the caregiver have a quiet spirit and be able to discern because discernment is so important in the ministry. And you can't discern things while you're rushing around in a state of emergency or when you're living in perpetual exhaustion because you set no boundaries for your life. We all need to take care of ourselves and we need to do it first so that we can take care of God's people and we can do that effectively. So Paul says, take care of yourself. Verse 28, he extends the care of yourself to include the care of others who are also in the circle of leadership with you. You know, he's telling them, you are not the only leader. There is a leadership circle all the way around you tonight as he's speaking to them. This leadership circle must be pure in its motive. These relationships have to be tight. It has to be this deep bond that we share because of our shared experience with Jesus. And this is really important, too. You know, the ministry is not the center of our fellowship. Jesus is the center of our fellowship. He's the hub that holds the wheel together. The center of our relationship is not, is not even a relationship with each other. We're so different, even within the church. But the one thing we all have in common is that our sins have all been forgiven. And we've been transformed by Jesus. And we've been adopted into God's family. And we are connected to each other only because we are connected to Jesus. And all of us being connected to him are unified with one another. And as, as long as our focus is on Jesus and on our connection, our real and vital connection with him, then that's going to bring vitality to our circle. It takes a village to raise a child, and it takes a multitude of spiritual leaders to care for even a house church. And Paul says to the members of the circle, pay attention to this circle. Pay attention to this circle. Take care of the other people that are gathered around you tonight. So leaders, take care of leaders. Keep your eye on each other. Look out for each other uh, and pay attention. Number three, he says, pay attention to the flock. Pay attention to the flock. Calculate its value. Calculate how much it cost. How much was it worth to God? Because as Paul will say in verse 28, the church belongs to God. It's not your church. It's God's church. And he paid for it by the blood of Jesus. So we have to value people. We have to value especially God's people the way he values them. Pay attention to the flock. They've been purchased by his blood. And Paul reminds them that you are taking care of this flock because you have a personal calling directly from the Holy Spirit. They are not self-made and they are not bosses. They're in the ministry because the Holy Spirit put them there. And it is the Holy Spirit that has made them shepherds. The exact verse is, the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. We're talking about being the spiritual leader. And um, I think the word overseer, which is how it's translated, I think that word's a little unfortunate uh, given the modern context. You know, this is not a, a boss image. It's not a factory image. It's a little more like a lifeguard 
or a parent. It's also not just a trainer. The uh, Greek word is episkopus. You all are episkopus. It's plural. It means the ones who see the big picture and take care of the entire process. You know, shepherding people has so many different elements to it. You've got feeding them with God's word, the care of their souls, connecting them to each other, counseling them about their present and their past, uh, protection of them because the sheep are easy targets, uh, helping to build their own skills and competence in ministry so that they can have ministry of their own one day. And you know, it's such a wonderful way to spend your life. It's a precious calling. Sherry and I have lived our entire lives caring for God's people. And I want to tell you, it changes you. It changes the way you see people. It causes you to focus on building others up rather than focusing on yourself and your problems and you, 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 and all the things you want. And also, another benefit, the other-centered life will lead to an other-centered family. And now you're going to have a whole house full of people who serve others. And that makes for a very happy family. So whether you go into the ministry as a vocation or just serve the Lord in any way that he makes available to you, I really hope that you'll seek him for a calling to be someone who builds big people. And I can promise you that you're going to be satisfied with your life if you do this. Well, that's all for today. Episode 123, What to Pay Attention To. So let's all keep our focus on the main thing as God puts people in front of us that we can take care of. Hey, if you haven't checked it out already, we've got a great new resource that we've just developed. It's Media Light Online. You're going to find so many great things there. Why don't you sign up today? MediaLightOnline.com. I hope you'll check that out. Well, expect God to use you today. That's all for now. I'll see you next time on Threads.